0: Hey there Synonym Sorcerers and Narrative Navigators, I'm your host Tim King, here to lead you through the perilous, snake-infested jungle of freelance copywriting. Whether you're the freshest of newbies still in awe of your first big assignment, or a seasoned wordsmith who has skirted hideous punctuation as you've pressed the publish button, This is where you should be. Together we'll traverse the peaks, the valleys, and all that lies in between of this adrenaline-pumped, caffeine-driven expedition. So strap in, secure your preferred brew of creative concoction, and prepare to venture into another tale from the wild, unpredictable universe of freelance copywriting. Welcome to The Right show. Hey there syntax shapers and vocabulary virtuosos, welcome to another episode of The Right Shift where we delve into the fascinating world of freelance copywriting. Today we have a very special guest joining us all the way from the countryside of Japan, Michael Pekovic. Michael works with his clients both in his native Australia and in Japan, focusing on website copy, SEO articles and product descriptions. With a career that spans a diverse range of industries from music right up to finance, he's a master of crafting messages that truly serve his customers. But there's more to Michael than just his professional prowess. He's a lover of music, an avid photographer, and a passionate admirer of all things Japanese. After leaving the corporate world behind, he started his own copywriting consultancy business, a move that he describes as the most fun he's had in a long time. So buckle up as we dive into a conversation with Michael Pekovic, exploring his journey and his insights into the world of freelance copywriting. Michael Pekovic, welcome to The Right Shift. Thank
1: you very much. How are you today?
0: yeah good fantastic mate look thanks very much for being on the show
1: thank you this is a very great opportunity tell me uh how did you get started in the world of freelance um so i moved to japan last year with my wife and um after kind of scrounging around here in japan looking for things to do to earn a dollar or a yen um i received a a message from a friend back in australia who i worked with um and his friend is a professional or freelance copywriter and um he needed some work done on the side to to write some um articles and yeah we, we started talking through uh facebook messenger and um he said what do you know then you're right all, all those types of questions and he said okay well here's a an article about um knocking down and rebuilding a house go for it thousand words write a 300 character uh, meta description um, some headings um this this format send it through to me and we'll see if there's uh how it works and if there's any uh further opportunities and I'll flick you a little bit of money for your time so like yeah sure that sounds pretty cool um i never really thought of myself of as a writer or anything before it's just something that you know you do as a by the way thing in in your job emails and you know yeah there's i guess there's no real role um in in my world that was a, a copywriter specifically so Um, yeah and then uh, so I I got that opportunity and then he said yeah you're right Um, well enough that I'll flick you some more here's 10 more blogs for the month go for it and let's rinse and repeat Uh, same clients uh, same types of um, well sorry there's a varied types of industries um, but yeah the same kind of format they're looking for around about a thousand words um yeah so that's kind of how i got my opportunity and that was late last year so i've been kind of doing that for about eight months or so now so yeah it's been been a good little journey so far and it's yeah it's only yeah, right. built up from there because i've kind of just seen the opportunity kind of like buzzes going off in in my head and Oh, like, oh, how can I capitalize on this? Because I don't have a job, so I better make some more money. And then, yeah, I kind—that's of, how I kind of look at. It. I'm always looking for, you know, shiny objects and and things like that. So this is my new shiny object. But in that process, I've kind of realized that hey, it's a bit of a culmination of a lot of the things that I've either studied or done by the way, you know, in, in my job and um it's just something that kind of comes i think probably so far in my career naturally the most um yeah like the the easiest kind of feeling type of work that i've done so far it's better than data entry that's for sure so (laughs) yeah
0: right so talk, talk to me about that i really love that that concept of it um you know that it's the feeling of copywriting or it's a feeling of doing that kind of thing that that's really attractive to you and, and you also said data entry so obviously you've had some some you know i won't say dull jobs but you've probably had some some jobs that have been you know not as exciting as what you're doing now talk to me about that feeling what what is, what is it about that you love
1: um i i think it's like being able to explore a topic any topic um so you've kind of got that as your you know the confines of what what you need to do um, for whatever project or blog or whatever and then within that you can be as free as you like to write however you like about that one topic and for me that feels like the most kind of a freedom that i've ever had because you I guess going to the point of data entry, you have to do it this way. This is the process. You have to do it this way on every Tuesday uh, of the month and then this way on the Wednesday. And then if you don't do it that way, this happens and it's all very process-driven and um, regimented and very structured. But, yeah, then you get the opportunity to write something and it's like you kind of – for me, I – tend to live in my head a lot so for me it's a good way of unpacking something and then just kind of like you know putting it on on the screen as it were and and writing about a a topic so that one that example of the um knocking down and rebuilding a house it's like okay well i studied town planning um and I've written a whole bunch of reports and emails and whatever over the period of my career and study career. And so let's have a crack at it. And it yeah, it was just kind of seemed to just flow out of my brain yeah, quite yeah. easily. So
0: no, that, that's that's amazing. So um, like there's there's lots to unpack there, but... Um, I, I suppose what's the is there is there one particular feeling or one one particular thing that you you'd never trade again like you've, you've, you've come to copywriting you've gone like oh I really love this um you know what is it about copywriting now eight months in that keeps you keeps you energized that makes you want to jump out of bed in the morning and, and start working with clients
1: um, it's the fact that I don't have to do things that really don't have any kind of specific purpose and i'm not here to kind of rag on the roles that i've had in the past Um, you know they serve a specific function for a larger process or you know operational role within the the industries that i worked in so um, it is important in a way even if it's very specific task Um, but for me, I sit there doing those tasks thinking, oh, why? Why am I doing this? Like, can't I? Shouldn't I be doing something better with my life than entering numbers on the screen? And again, it's not, it's got nothing to do with anybody I work with or management or anything like that. It's more just, it's like, well, you know, I think I've got a little bit more. That I could offer the world and then coming into doing freelance copywriting, it's like, oh shit, I can do that. Like I can probably give a lot more of myself in a thousand-word blog than I ever could entering numbers into a, you know, a database. Um, so that's yeah, it's like such a, you know an electric kind of feel for me because I've never had that yeah I've never had that kind of feeling before I've always just erred on the side of caution and you know that's kind of I guess I'm from you know I'm still young but I'm from that generation where my parents had instilled from them from their parents post-war that you know you've got to work and you've got to do a job that you hate for 40 years and then you retire and then Mm -hmm. you can have some fun. So I've kind of like always gone back to a bank or the bank that I used to work for because it's like it's comfy and I know I get my paycheck every week, you know, every two weeks or whatever it is. and, And it's this amount and it's all those kind of like known factors that kind of give you that. I guess sense of ease but then this conflict of like not doing more with my my brain and what I think I could do as a career um, so yeah kind of like um, yeah I'm always a little bit at odds with that stuff so
0: <laughs> I love that I absolutely love that because I mean it's something that I you've everything you're talking about here is something that, that happened to me as well so um, you know, working a job, um, you know, going in nine to five and and getting the paycheck every week, as you said, you kind of, it, it's a weird sort of level of, you know, you know you're doing well, but it's it's it becomes overly comfortable, mm-hmm. um, and then that the excitement of not being a bit comfortable, not quite knowing where the next dollar comes from, as much as that can also be a, a terrible thing sometimes, um, I think that's the excitement that draws me into it as well.
1: Yeah, and then and then you add things like coronavirus, for example, into it, and it just the fear of god in in everybody it's like i've got to stay at my job and i've got to not say anything because i don't want to lose my job and you know all these kind of like really big kind of greater unknowns in, in the world going on at that time so i really kind of you know hunkered down in that kind of span of like 2020 to 2022 and just kind of yeah just shut up and did my work and of i think that played into to my feeling of um you know what's my purpose me but during that whole time is that there's this big evolution of people going online and going fuck it i'm gonna be a copywriter i'm gonna start my own <laughs> e-commerce business and i'm gonna be a drop shipper and all those kinds of things started happening during that time and um like i, I feel probably with starting copywriting i feel like just from reading and you know hearing all the noise that goes on uh in the online world is that have i started this too late am i is there even a point for me to be a copywriter yet because there's thousands of people who started during the pandemic to be a copywriter and now you know like not every article you read but you know every fifth article you read is like ai is taking every job from copywriting and other marketing roles and but then you know like you just got to kind of look past that as well it's like it, it, you've got to find a way through that forget about all of that noise and then i, I think work towards doing something that you actually enjoy in in your life and i kind that's what i kind of hear from other people who are doing freelance work is that it's just ultimate freedom compared to working in an institutional environment maybe even doing the same role if you're a copywriter for a big Mm -hmm. institution you've still got a, a lot of risk averse parts of that business that you've got to work with. Whereas if you're a freelancer, you can be very selective about who you work with. Um, you can bring a lot of yourself to that. However you want to portray yourself, whether it's your online brand persona or whatever, you can be a lot more of yourself and then go out and seek people who are like-minded to, to work with and build those really solid relationships rather than, you know, just trying to take money for work kind of thing, you know, like going on Upwork or or something like that. Not to, you know, sorry to mention specific platforms. Yeah. Those types of things where it's like race to the bottom. Yep. I'll do your blog for $5 um and then they take the commission off it and then get you know three dollars and <laughs> it's like but you've got to spend two or three hours of your time on something and get paid like virtually nothing for it so you can kind of like yeah go out and just, i guess find people who attract you you know you're attracted to and, and yeah build that two-way relationship
0: yeah for sure no i think that's you're absolutely right like um and as much as like upwork and you know some of those other freelancing kind of bigger sites um like fiverr and a few others um they they serve a purpose there's definitely a purpose for them they they have a a purpose and there's there's plenty of you know fairly well uh and i suppose well-funded uh writers and things that use those sites regularly to be able to make quite a lot of money um Mm. there's there's a little bit of i suppose uh for me at least anyway there's a little bit of kind of uh eating humble pie when you look at those sort of platforms though because you you know that to be competitive you're going to have to as i said like do the the um the thousand words for for five or six bucks mm-hmm. kind of thing um but then at the same time there's a quality fall off like, like to do it for $5 you know there's the person they don't have any skin in the game so how could the quality of the content be of of a good quality at that kind of
1: cost yeah that's it like i think um having a solid relationship with a client in my eight months of experience and whether the client is the person who's giving me their, his clients work for me that, you know, still a client. So I still have to um, build a good solid, you know, relationship built on trust and do it within a, um, you know, if not, on on the date that it's due or well before and you know uh deliver a good product and so yeah like um that's what i i like about you know trying to find my own kind of work it's, it's a lot harder because you know it's not i guess it's the same with you know upwork and those things as well is that if you don't have any clout then nobody's gonna choose you they're only going to choose people with five stars or millions of reviews or whatever, but, you know, there's other ways that you can, I guess, um, yeah, yeah, some people in, in marketing world will tell you to jump on straight on Google ads and spend thousands of dollars a month to try and get clients that way. But I don't want to do that. I'm not ready to do that yet. I'm might, I think where I'm at, it's probably easier to tap into, um, my existing network, or go out and do some like cold outreach and actually learn about the process myself before I start investing thousands of dollars in something that I actually don't know anything about yet. So writing a cold outreach email for me is actually learning about writing cold outreach emails and refining what I, uh, how I say, um, whatever I need to say. Um, or if it's reaching out to other businesses on, on other platforms uh, online um, about learning a process of how to do that and then in in that process I'm actually learning about copywriting and and my tone of voice and my offering and all of those things that um, I think is really important when you when you're starting because um, you need to, Like as much as it's good to learn from from people and taking a course or a mentor or whatever it's you still do have to put a lot of your own kind of skin in the game and effort and read and learn and um, improve by yourself because if you're a freelancer i would learn very quickly there's no one's going to wake you up at five in the morning and no one's going to tell you that you need to do this. You don't have some micromanaging boss telling you what to do every step of the way. And when you can go to the toilet and those types of things, you have to fully motivate yourself to do everything, which is, it's, it's a great lesson in life. So I I think
0: that's probably one of the biggest hurdles, isn't it? Like to, to actually have to get over that, the fact that you don't have anyone cracking the whip, you don't, your alarm goes off and you're like, oh, I could, just go order a pizza now and sit on the couch and not have to like think about work too much yeah Um, yeah it it is it's one of those things you've got to sort of really be regimented in and and make sure you you, you're doing the thing to be able to as i said before get you out of bed in the morning um and and it's what you want to do
1: i think at this life stage you know like i'm i'm 44 now and I, i think i've kind of not I don't think that I'm running out of time to build a career or anything like that. I think it's just more of a mature mindset about doing things is that if you're not, uh, doing work or not preparing to do work or planning or whatever, then you're not really working. Like obviously you've got to do the work as well, which is part of it. But, um, yeah, if you're not making time for, if you, if you think you're a freelance copywriter and the first thing you do is Um, go out of your co-working space and then go and grab a coffee and spend 45 minutes kind of like scrolling through Instagram and stuff. You know, you're not really doing what is required to, and I I think I'm quite, I don't use this word often, but very blessed to be in the position that I'm in in Japan is where um, I don't have any of that stuff. There's no co-working spaces. There's very little places to have coffee. So I sit in my house and I teach myself about, you know, how to manage a day's work as a freelancer and, uh, whether that's actually doing work or, or learning about copywriting or, um, just trying to figure out where I want to take this in the future. Um, I, I kind of have, um, done well in that slightly isolated environment. Um, Whereas, you know, I'm not isolated, like I can't go outside or anything like that, but isolated in the sense that I don't really have a great deal of, um, you know, English speaking people that I can go and hang out with. And um, partly that's by choice because I'm in Japan and I want to speak Japanese as much as I can. But um, yeah, like I I, uh, spend a lot of time learning about how i can be a better person and part of that is the that's why i think the isolation has been good for me um yeah yeah.
0: well i hope you've been enjoying the first part of the episode with michael we'll be back right after this well my word-wielding comrades we all know that one of the trickiest parts of freelance copywriting isn't drafting a killer headline or crafting compelling content It's figuring out how much to price our work, right? Are we charging too little? Too much? Who knows? Just imagine that you had a crystal ball that could reveal what your fellow copywriters around the globe are charging. Well, my friends, get ready to peek into that crystal ball thanks to our sponsor this week, copywritingrates.com. Copywritingrates.com is spearheading a global freelancer rates survey with the noble goal of demystifying the often confusing world of copywriting pricing. By compiling data on global copywriting pricing, they aim to arm us all with valuable information about our position in the market. So whether you're that fledgling freelancer questioning every quote you give, or the seasoned pro wondering if you could be earning more, this survey is your golden ticket to a treasure trove of insights. And the best part? By participating, you'll receive a free copy of the final report. Yes, you heard me right insight into the global pricing trends of our industry completely free if you participate in the survey so join the ranks of freelance copywriters around the globe who are stepping up to gain clarity and confidence in their pricing strategies after all knowledge is power and this my friends is the ultimate power up for your freelance journey head over to copywritingrates.com and make your voice heard All right, so I'm going to rip the covers right off as I do with all my guests and spill the beans on your biggest nightmare you've faced in your copywriting career. Is there anything that you've ever had in the, the, I know it's only been a short, like sort of eight months, but anything you've had where you've just gone like, ah, you know, this this has been super painful or too difficult to work with or, you know, tell me about a time you've had that happen. Um,
1: Yeah, so I had a, like a, a new client at the start of the year. It kind of started and finished really Abruptly, I think I got ghosted in the end, which is, has, you know, a, I take all of these things as a, a learning experience now. While they might be a bit annoying and frustrating at the time, I think I'm able to process that it's, oh uh, yeah, I learned from that. So it's if it's bad, it's good. If it's good, it's good. But yeah, so with this um, client, uh, they... Asked me to help them out with, um, their copywriting. So, and so I said, yes, and like I would like to work on a retainer basis. And then you can kind of have access to me a little bit, a bit more, uh, than just doing, you know, ad hoc jobs here and there once a month or whatever. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll do this work. In these hours, uh, and then we'll have a review process every three to six months and see how it's working and um, kind of just yeah rinse and repeat that process and see see if they were happy with it. So yeah, it started out well, and so uh, wrote a few blogs and um, then as I kind of tend to do, um, focus on more than what i'm supposed to be doing you know like i wanted to be want to be a copywriter But then i can kind of see oh yeah the website needs a bit of work doesn't it have you done any seo um have you done this 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 and what's your mail list look like all of this stuff and to be honest you know like a few months into it i was really lucky to get a client who was willing to pay me on a rate retainer but I must admit that I did, there was a lot of things that I didn't know. and uh, But I felt confident that I could deliver those things um, because I kind of knew as a concept what to, to do and I could see how the architecture and all of that stuff would work conceptually. So I just needed to kind of like figure out how to do that. And because I had a lot of free time outside of this client and the, and the other, uh, blog writing, that was my time to, to study those things. So I could, you know, when I was on, on the clock, I could deliver those things and deliver them a lot smoother. And, um, and then I also had a real life example of something that I was able to kind of like put my name to as well. So, sure blogs and then I said yeah like our oh, website looks a bit yeah it's all over the place and like have hey, written it and I don't know I, I felt a bit imposter syndrome like but uh, because you know I'm not a web designer but it's like oh well let's have a crack anyway um, this is how I think it could kind of map out and this is how you know things could lead to a, a call to action or to you getting calls or emails about business and, um, referral clients and and things like that. So, um, yeah, so I ended up being that I, uh, did more than I had promised them my proposal. So I actually rebuilt the client's website from the ground up and did the copy for the website. So that was such a good, good experience. Um, at the start and then doing the SEO for all of the pages and all of the pictures and descriptions for for absolutely everything and and then learning about how the headings work and how much context you need on the screen and then kind of like testing that through through google and uh you know like uber suggest and semrush and all those like like other types of things to see if the the ranking was like good and seo was was good so that's like such a good experience so I had all of that kind of like, I had the anchor point of the website all done. And I was like, okay, let's start doing social media and let's start doing email and what have you. And start to fill out that kind of the content writing, copywriting stuff. And I just noticed after a, you know a few weeks of um, moving away from the website that blogs were going up um, that I hadn't written or posts were going out that I hadn't kind of written copy for. And, and then I'd get through Google chats. We were using Google chat. It's like, Oh, did you know, Jack, chat GTP can write blogs and oh, no. I I, yeah, I know that they can, but you probably shouldn't use uh chat GTP and then copy and paste it and throw it up on your website as a way of like throwing darts at the dartboard. It's like, um, you, you might want to think about rewording some of this stuff because it sounds very generic. It's not leading to any kind of customer, um, action or interaction or anything like that. It sounds very static. Um, and then, uh, the guy I'm writing blogs for said, yeah, you shouldn't, They shouldn't be doing that because I was like asking him about that he said, I'll have a look at this site. This site checks, the it's like a plagiarism checker but for google and google he said that google uh won't rank the blog that you're writing if it detects like it might have changed by now but he said that google uh, um, would pick up on the fact that it's pulled from chat gtp and kind of not really give any love to the to the blog but yeah, so it was like just lots of little things like that, starting the blog writing and, um, I, I'd get a question asked about doing something. And then, you know, later that day, um, you know, it was, it became more of like, Hey, can you do this outside of the, the scope, the scope that yeah. we kind of agreed upon? And, um, and then it was like a money issue, uh, for them. Cause they were in this startup phase as well, like me and I was, um, you know, like money was becoming a, a concern for them and, um, yeah. And then I kind of didn't hear from them for a few days and I got a text message saying, Hey, I think I'm gonna, you know, like stop it now. I think I've got enough to get going. And then I thought, you know what, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I think for me as well, it was like, oh, I I don't, I don't want to start bossing them. Like I want to give good advice and suggest this is how like I recommend we, we do things. But I, I kind of started to feel like I was uh, being the boss for them because they weren't really yeah. clear on how to run their own business. And I could kind of see where the, where their business could go. So I was trying to drive it in that direction and suggest certain things, but I don't kind of think that should really be my position. And I, I think that's something that I need to learn as well. Um, and I had learned from that experience is to take more of a, a, a back seat, provide some good insights on things, but not really drive the, their business, that should be up to them to do. Uh, I, I think like, uh, but with my input and then they can either say yes or no to that because I'm really just working on behalf of them. I'm not, I'm not a stakeholder in the business. So that was, uh, yeah. So it was kind of good that it ended when it did. And, um, yeah, so that, that was a bit, that was, a good lesson and yeah, I'm kind of glad that we've uh gone our separate ways. I kind of have seen because I'm still on their, their mailing list that you know blogs are regularly going out and so they're managing their own business to the best of their ability. And maybe it might like I didn't burn any bridges or anything. So I, I yeah. um I think that you know if there was any uh, opportunity for work we probably i'd probably have to be a, a lot more uh specific about what i want and what i'm going to do and what yeah, i'm not sure. going to do so and probably uh also um now that i can do a lot of those things be a lot more confident in what i would charge uh, for a retainer as well or whatever right. project-based work so
0: do you feel that now being on their their mailing list and still seeing this, that blog content come through, that it, they're just, they've gone, well, I could spend $20 a month USD and get myself a pro version of ChatGPT and just use that instead of yourself? Do you think that's what's happened?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's what's happened. And um, I can also see, because uh, I've asked them to take, Take me off all of their admin stuff but they haven't yet so that's something that they should really do for uh, their own you know security sure. and, and stuff like that yeah, Sure, and um, probably yours too. <laughs> yeah and mine yeah <laughs> i know uh but yeah they uh, like reviews google reviews uh they're getting google reviews from probably their close network of people and which yeah, is great yeah it's kind of like what I have to do when I'm starting is that I I need testimonials from people. So who am I going to ask? I'm going to ask the people who I did work for or who I've done any kind of like work for in the past um, and ask them for a review and stuff. But yeah, yeah, you're right. That has reminded me I'm going to um, contact them later and say, you have to take me off of this right now. So. Probably a good idea. I, I know um, a very early
0: client of mine um, had done the same thing. I, I woke up one morning um, to about thirty emails uh, from this client, um, and it was actually just not from their uh, themselves. It was actually just from like from someone else being in their website doing changes, and I started getting these these emails through, going like, "Hang on, I, I shouldn't have any anything to do with that." So yeah, it like, definitely worth taking that out all right so we've talked to and uh, about an interesting time you've had that sort of no, like not much nightmare but just a, a ghosty client mm. what about um what are something you're most proud of in the, that eight months There's got to be a couple of instances where you've just gone like yeah i really nailed that or i i, I love doing this particular one what, what's something like
1: that um i think like and i know that there are better versions of websites out there but I think for me, learning how to build a website, um, and my own website was a real, has been a really good experience. Like wouldn't say was because it's going to keep, you know, evolving and and stuff over time, but I think forever, forever game. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think also, uh, you know, so that was, that's really, Good confidence booster for me I have trouble pushing go on a lot of things publish I'm like I'm scared of what other people are gonna think and and I I think I needed to do that to get something out that I can you know fix up evolve over time um, and and improve but the fact that I push go on that and then also started to learn about um how to build a website obviously i had that that previous client i mentioned building their website but that gave me the inspiration to start doing mine and learning about what i want to achieve from it and i've also learned how to pair back what i want to offer because yeah i wanted to be this everything man and do marketing consulting and consulting and fixing your business and all of that stuff having worked with that previous client and i think that that has been a really good lesson as well because it's helped me learn that i i i probably sound a bit vague to clients if they see all of this information oh he can do this and he can do that but what can he do for me so i kind of scaled it right back to copywriting because that's what i want to do because i enjoy the writing part of things and um and it's also something that i can kind of get into the weeds pretty quickly on whereas you know like claiming to be some like fandangled web designer is something that i'm not really comfortable doing yet but in in my own uh website it's I'm, I'm comfortable with where it's at and I think I'm also getting more comfortable with how I want to portray it because I don't want to go out wearing a suit and, um, you know, being a corporate guy, but I don't have to be as well. I, I probably would work better for me um, in terms of where I want to, kind of like where I feel comfortable at the most if I build a website that other people who are kind of like me or see the, the good things in whatever they've read from my website, um, or any other kind of like outreach or or what have you that they kind of connect with. And that's where I can kind of, um, start to build, build more clients. So yeah, that, that's, I think, that was good for me to just keep taking little steps getting over my fear of that i don't actually it's not that i don't know it's just that you when you go and look at anything you know like i I like playing music so uh Mm -hmm. i want to learn how to put be a better bass guitarist and then you look online and like everyone's an expert and they've got five ways on how to do this and like this and this and this. And like, I couldn't even consider myself an expert, but I also don't think that I should really care about that stuff. It's like, I, I need to kind of find my own way and my own path and do it my way, my style. So I should apply that same logic to copywriting and be, be myself a hundred percent. And people will either like that or they won't like it. And if they don't like it, they'll find someone else that they do and they can connect with and then they can do business with, with them. And I can do business with people who like what I'm doing. There's enough people in the world and enough businesses needing some kind of like copywriting service. I'm sure that I'll be able to get enough where I can, um, hopefully work up to, to having a comfortable client base so um,
0: sure. no look i think that there's some some great things in there that you've mentioned like the fear of publishing i think that's a big thing that um a lot of people face when they're first putting stuff out onto the web so um having the experience of building your client's website and then doing your own as well um you know hopefully that that goes uh, has gone a long way into sort of giving you a bit more comfort and, and getting out there, and I'm sure there's plenty of people out there, plenty of people probably listening to this as well, who have have got the same fear about uh, about getting over that publishing that hurdle and, and having to try and put themselves out there. That's uh, that's, that's a really good good uh, good pickup. So, uh, tools and resources, or just something like in, in in the eight months you've worked, is there is there one or two things that you've absolutely you know you'll you'll always you know, take to your grave basically, like that you'll 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 never want to stop using a particular tool, or is there a book that you've read, or or something that you you just would love to share?
1: I probably have used Google Translate the most, because uh, that's been really good for me. Because um, and another thing that uh you know about putting pushing go on things is that i write my own first blog and again it's about getting it out there and refining my tone of voice and things like that but in that blog i talk about um how i work with japanese clients and i can speak japanese but i can't speak japanese fluently but i've got a good ear i can you know pick up on most of the things people are saying particularly with the the people i work with because the conversation's a lot more relaxed and um yeah if, if if anybody out there knows about japanese that there's lots of different layers of 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 ways of speaking and formalities and things like that but when i'm talking to my network it's a bit more casual so i can kind of pick up on on what's going on but all
0: right right, with the last couple of minutes um tell us where can we find you
1: Where, where are you on the web um at the moment i i'm on my website and i have a linkedin page um i'm at the very beginning of all of that stuff so uh yeah don't expect anything amazing guys and girls so uh i have also decided to take a a hiatus from any kind of social media. But I'm thinking that in terms of my brand and if I want to look at attracting more business over time that I might make a um, glamorous return to Instagram and Facebook and those types of things. But I'm I'm just not sure about it because I think personally I I get – really distracted by those things so i'm trying to i'm trying to figure out what works best for me um you know if you listen to Gary V, you've got to be on absolutely everything and you've got to do it a hundred times a day um and i'm not sure that i'm ready to do that from a mental health point of view i want to i i want to take it slow because i want to uh I want to feel comfortable with where where i'm at when i do things and maybe that goes against you know the the high paced sorry fast-paced world of like you know online marketing and stuff but i've got time to be able to do this in a way that i i want to um but yeah i think that i've got the website ready so you know building out from there and working out what i'm going to say i think writing the blog that i've recently posted was a good way of figuring out what my contribution to the copywriting world is going to be um, because i don't claim to be an expert but i want to be able to talk about some of the things that i've discovered and maybe that's you know about my language uh you know working with clients here in japan and how i've overcome certain things or what i'm learning about as i go along so yeah
0: yeah fantastic look michael thanks very much for coming along today for the right shift it's been wonderful having you on
1: thank you so much it's been awesome to talk to you
0: Alright, Word Wranglers, we've scribbled our way right to the very end of another thrilling episode of The Right Shift. A massive thank you goes out to my guest today, Michael Petkovic, and to learn more about Michael and the amazing stuff he's putting out into the world, check out his links and the links he mentioned in the episode show notes. Of course, none of this would be even possible without the support of our sponsors, and a special shout out goes to this episode's sponsor, CopywritingRates.com. You can find out more information about them and their fantastic global freelancer Copywriting Rate Survey over at, you guessed, It, copywritingrates.com. Also, don't forget to follow and subscribe The Right Shift on your favourite podcast platform so you won't ever miss an upcoming episode. And while you're there, if you've enjoyed listening to The Right Shift today, then leave a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. It helps more people discover the podcast and join the ever-growing community of phenomenal freelance copywriters. But until next time, remember you've been listening to The Right Shift.